This is VH Snack. And welcome back to VH Snacking. I'm Josh. And I'm Phil. And we're ready to get some VH Snacking here with one of my personal favorite movies of all time. And I know you love it too. Oh, man. Yeah. Airborne. Oh, God. Another, is this another 1993 film? 1993 seems to be like our year. It is the VH sweet spot, dude. It might be like the best year, one of the best years for movies ever. Yeah. I mean... I feel like 1985 was a great year, and 1993 might have been the year. Yeah, remember how I was saying, like, Dennis the Menace is a timeless movie? It doesn't scream 1993? Right. This movie's like, hold my beer, I'm about to do everything 1993. Yes. And it's going to be in your face extreme. Yeah, and it's perfect. I mean, it it really does capture a time, um, especially because it focuses on rollerblading. Rollerblading. Which was super hot at the time, or becoming hotter, right? Yeah, I can like single-handedly point to the uh, my my young obsession with rollerblading to this movie. After I saw this movie, I was like, "That's it! I'm gonna grow my hair out like Mitchell's. I'm gonna get that sick earring, and I'm gonna buy some blades, and that's that's gonna be my life forever." I feel like this movie inspired so many people to do that same exact thing. Oh my god, I was one of them. Yep. Yeah, see, I was skateboarding at the time, and rollerbladers were a no-no. Like, rollerbladers, you know, can't really say this now, but like, you know. Oh, I get it. I was a skateboarder as well. Yeah, but we we would call them fruit booters. (laughs) Um, That's what we were calling them then, and you know. Fruit booters. Not very nice. And, uh, you know, rollerblading was not cool, right? So it was like, the people that were around me skateboarding, like, had something against rollerbladers for some reason, which, you know, I kind of just went along with because I was, you know, skate skateboarding with them. But yeah. looking back, it was really stupid. So Yeah, why did why does rollerblading get a bad rap? I have no idea. I think it's because I'm trying to think back to when we were, we were talking about it and it was like supposedly easier and less risk and like less talent and things like that. But I don't really know because I never really rollerbladed. You did though, so Well, I wasn't like when I say Okay, I was more like about six to eight years old, you know? I was like, I had me a sick pair of rollerblades, and uh, I may have jumped off a mini ramp or two. I wasn't like shredding up the streets of Cincinnati like our boy Mitchell, but... Right, well, Mitchell is shredding Cincinnati. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, but did you do tricks, anything like that? Could you do a half spin? Not really. I was really young, dude. Oh, okay, okay, okay. My bones were just not even developed yet. I was just a brittle little human. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, man, you're built to spill at that age, so (laughs) you should have taken some chances. Uh, I definitely took a bunch of hits on the skateboard, um, and it was definitely difficult, and we were such posers trying to, like, be cool on the skateboard. I mean, I could land ollies and, like, an ollie off of stuff and onto stuff. Mm -hmm. I landed a kickflip twice, and I can remember both instances because it was so unforgettable it's a big deal it's a big deal i felt like the coolest kid in the world yeah yeah i was a skateboarder as well so do you think that skateboarding was harder than rollerblading i think so i mean it just seems like it would be right i mean to 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 blade like this though definitely takes some talent i mean this is insane i mean they're going like 60 miles an hour at some point or 50 miles an hour or something yeah i did break my leg on a skateboard once yeah i mean i've definitely hurt myself on a skateboard yeah. So after I broke my leg, I was like, 
probably 11 or something. And I was like, you know what? I'm not really that good enough to like keep pursuing this. And I really don't want to break something else. So then I was like, well, you know, I'll just bow out gracefully. Sounds like a strong instinct for self-preservation, my friend. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Now, I never rollerbladed. I did skateboard. However, I was obsessed with skitching. Skitching? Skitching. Do you know this? Never heard of that. Sega game. Okay, one of my favorite Sega <laughs> games of all time. And it came out in 1994, so it was kind of concurrent with okay. with Airborne. And I played the shit out of Skitchin. Basically, you're like this rollerblader dude who's in a race that was very similar to Devil's Backbone, but you would skitch on to cars and things like that. And you would go to different cities and compete. It was a race. So... Who knows if there's any kind of connection there. Devil's but, backbone, man. Yeah. This guy I saw tried to walk down that hill, just like <laughs> totally messed up. He like pins in his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe uh, let, let's uh, talk about when we first became familiar with this movie, because this is, this was a stay home from school classic for oh, me. Dude. Okay. Yeah. I watched this movie all the time. Um, and it was definitely a comfort film then. I mean, I, I could feel it then. You know, like I could feel like this movie was just so awesome. And I really related to Seth Green's character, Wiley, because because like, you know, I definitely didn't have Mitchell Goosen's problem. You know what I mean? Like being like the stud that like, you know, somebody's girlfriend wants to hang out. I love that Mitchell's problem is he's like, you know, like too many babes just want to hook up with me. It's so tough here. He's like, (laughs) I'm just too cool for here. And it's so hard. (laughs) But he's totally not like that. Right. Like he's totally actually. A really nice person and very chill and cool he's yeah, just for the most part yeah i mean th- we'll get there but i mean <laughs> um no i watch this movie constantly on cable um i know that i rented it a few times just because i loved it and um you know i also remember just watching this movie throughout my life and then wanting to get a vhs copy of it right and then it was kind of expensive at the time because it wasn't on dvd until like mid 2000s or something are there any um, like special features for this? Has there ever been like an expanded release? I have no idea because I I I don't I don't have I only have the VHS tape which I paid too much for back then. I think I paid like fifteen bucks for it in like oh, two thousand wow. and two thousand and five or something, and that was a lot. It still goes for a lot. I know that it did come out on D- on disc at some point, but I think it was like a Warner Vault title, so it, it was kind okay. of bare bones as far as I know. Maybe Lunch Meat should do an exclusive release. On DVD? Make a sick package, you know? I don't... Can it include uh, some goodies? I I don't know, man. Oh, man. I, I mean, I just want to watch it on tape, but I would love... Oh, no. I mean, like, do a VHS release. Oh, like, that'd be sick. I could release it in a rollerblade. Maybe, like, get uh, Seth Green or Shane McDermott to do, like, a, a little, little five-minute introduction to the movie. Why not? I would love to have an opportunity to work with Seth Green. Um, and can we just talk about his performance in this movie for a second? Sure. I really think it is one of his best roles, even though it's a supporting character. Like he is so funny and awesome in this movie, dude. Are we, uh, are we giving out MVP already? Mm, we can. No, no we're going to come back to that because okay. I want to talk to it more, but I just want to say Seth Green rules in this movie. We're getting a little all over the place. So where did you first find this movie? Oh man. Um, I'm not exactly sure where I may have rented it, caught it on TV, but I definitely rented this many times because I just thought this was like the coolest movie ever. You know, like I was saying that the earring, the blading, 
Can we it, talk about that left earring real quick? Well, you know, I've started. Oh. I'm wearing. I didn't wear my earring today, unfortunately. But you know, I would wear. I <laughs> wear an earring put too. It in I should have. I, I have all days, and I didn't put it in today. You know. You know, and I was like seven years old, so I couldn't get my ear pierced. So I was like, God, one day. Were you too young? Well, yeah. You know. Was there a law? No, but I don't. Just think, your pee rent. I don't think my no. dad's gonna like uh, take me to go get an earring or something. Yeah, I remember the day I got my ear pierced. Went to Piercing Pagoda at the Cumberland Mall. <laughs> I went with my friend Billy. I felt I, so cool. I knew a kid in like high school that had like the Jonathan Davis eyebrow ring, and I what? was like, "Whoa, that kid is fucking cool." Why? How do you? How old were you at this point? I don't know. High school. So he had to have been eighteen, right? I don't know. Unless he got it pierced, or maybe in the he was like shed. an older kid, but like a kid that was around. He had like the sick eyebrow ring, and I was like, "Yo, Man. that's cool." That's one piercing that didn't really age that well, right? Like, I don't no. think people really get eyebrow rings that much anymore. No. Yeah. You don't really see um, lip rings or... You still see tons of nose piercings. Yeah. But you don't really see the eyebrow or the lip very much. I feel like we're getting off into the weeds here. We're yeah. like uh, Wiley at the end of the race. We're just, yeah. <laughs> flying, down, we're just flying down the hill. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the thing is about this movie is that it, it's, it encompasses so many different things. You know what I mean? And it really like captures, like you said, like a specific time. And it takes all of these elements and puts them into a film. But yeah, you said you found it. You know, you rented it a lot when you were younger. It was just in my life, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny how like you can't really pinpoint a certain... Uh, place but it's just so inherent to like how you were growing up yeah so i mean i kind of feel the same way i mean i just like it was a stay home from school classic like i said when i was staying home from school because it was on cable all the time you know what i mean oh yeah but yeah so we got mitchell goosen the goose coming from california because his parents are going to australia that's right and he's stoked because he's going to australia right are you no. kidding me like super tan sheilas and giant webs calls them sheilas <laughs> yeah yeah man the language in this movie because <laughs> we got to talk about it brah oh brah brah but yeah he doesn't go to australia because he can't miss school for six months i guess i understand that so he's going to can he just go to school in australia is that an option i mean i guess not i guess they don't have schools in australia they don't have high school in australia so he's got to go to high school in cincinnati, cincinnati. Yeah. yeah, and uh, he comes off the plane. He's like got his surfboard with him, <laughs> <laughs> and this kind of like describes his character perfectly. Like, you're bringing a surfboard to Cincinnati. I never leave home without it. Without it, oh, I'm naked. And they just like sit there and stare at him. <laughs> it's perfect. He did say that this was the first scene they filmed, like him at the airport in the snow, getting his surfboard. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so you said you read some interviews. I'm so curious because this is the only major film right. that, that Shane McDermott did, right? But he did have some other work on TV, All My yeah, Children or something like some, some soap operas. did some TV roles. Um, I feel like had he kept going, he could have been right up there with like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, you know, hit that, that teen tiger beat market. But I guess he, uh, according to him, he discovered art. So... Is an acting art? Uh, some would say. Yeah, but apparently not for He's Shane. He's a decent painter. So if you uh, want to buy some artwork from him, just Google Shane McDermott art. He has a studio in Texas. Well, I'm going to hit him up and be like, yo, can you do a self-portrait of you like shredding and 
on his Instagram, he did do one of like him as Mitchell, like surfing. It was like a little pencil drawing. Uh, so, yeah, I need that. Yeah, that's super insane <laughs> and cool. So I'm glad you looked that up. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I think he could have done a lot more. He does a great job here, and we'll get into that later. Um, but just to set the scene, I mean, this is Surfer Boy in cold, cold, cold Cincinnati. Yeah, I like when uh, Jack calls him. He's like, Surfer. <laughs> He's like, Pretty Boy. Surfer. surfer. <laughs> like, Surfer is an insult in this movie. Surfer. You um, want to try a real sport? Try hockey. Yeah, so this is a total hockey town. Okay, this is all about hockey. Well, this begs the question. Is this a surf movie, a blade movie, or a hockey movie? I think it's everything. Yeah. I think it's, and it feels like a coming of age film, right? But for like. Well, you, when I first proposed this movie to you, you came back with like the perfect description. You were like, this is like the X Games version of Can't Hardly Wait. It is like the (laughs) X Games version of Can't Hardly Wait, dude. It is. It really is, you know? And, um,. You know, and the thing is, is like looking back and there's so many great performances in this. You know what I mean? Because we got Jack Black, right? As one of one of the Augie. Augie. I like to sleep and play Nintendo. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, Augie, I'm totally with you. (laughs) I totally agree with you. Um, And of course, Seth Green uh, is awesome in this movie. Who else? Yeah. Who else do we see in here? That's really cool. I, th- I think those are like the two stars of the movie. The uh, guy that plays Snake, I can't remember his name, but he's in a lot mm, of stuff and he's really good. Yeah, he's went on to have a fairly successful career. And I believe Man, her name Snake voted most likely likely to eat his young. Yeah, dude, he's awesome in this movie. <laughs> he's got a switchblade. No, he's got a butterfly knife, dude. <laughs> yeah, and um, Edie McClurg, who plays oh, the, yeah. plays the mom. She's super awesome. She's the you would recognize her from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Where Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, where amongst, she's like, you're fucked. Oh, yeah, yeah amongst lady. many other things. And she is hilarious in this. She's great, yeah. I love the part where she slaps Mitchell. Don't you ever do that to me again. And upon rewatch, I'm pretty sure she like connected pretty well there. I don't think that was a fake slap. Like mm, It looks like she Who knows? We're going to have to ask one. Shane sometime because we're going to hit him up and be like, listen, dude, we need to talk to you. We really should have reached out and been like, yeah. Well, hopefully he'll hear this and be like, you know what? These guys seem okay. Shane, if you're listening, dude, name the time and place, bruh. We will we bruh. will meet you there. Bruh. We would love to interview you. Yeah, I mean, and we have to talk about the word bruh oh. in this movie. It's bruh. weird because I still use that word, like, kind of ironically. Like, like, yo, what's up, bruh? What yeah. What are you up to? Sure. I mean, like, we're goofing around, but I mean, he was... That's how he talks, you know? And Yeah, he puts an extra, there's like an extra H on the end of it. He's yeah, like, bro. Yeah. Did he just call me a piece of underwear? <laughs> That's it. He did it again. I'm, I'm going to kill him. him. I'm going to kill him. Yeah, super quotable, as you can see. And, you know, um, so I mean, so like, let's let's go back here. So there he's in Cincinnati and he's having some trouble fitting in, Phil. Just not going to make it. Yeah, you man. Know? I mean, he's too cool for school. Literally, like literally, he, like yeah. he, he, he can't hang with these kids. And um, so basically these kids all have a chip on their shoulder because they're like the poor kids. Right. Because that's against, uh, the it's implied. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, we're going to play the preps. Yeah. And the preps are the rich kids who mm-hmm. they're kind of, you know, pitted against with the hockey. 
And Blaine is their asshole leader. Oh, uh, he's pl- he's pretty good in the role. I mean, he looks like a total asshole. Who has done like literally nothing else. He didn't do anything else either? No, I I did like some, I was on like three pages of on Google and nothing but dead links and just nothing. Really? He is like Billy Zabka's stunt double. So what? he's like Billy Zabka's stunt double, like you know, like the the blonde, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the blonde. He's kind of like, like the evil Zach Morse. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he does fit the the look, so he does a good job there. He does a, a fine performance. Doesn't concern you, Jack. Yeah, he's he's got some really good lines. The way he says Jack, Jack. Yeah, it's yeah. So I mean, but yeah, that's what it is. Is like these kids are like kind of quote unquote trashy or poor, and they they can't beat. The preps are obviously rich, like they have real uniforms and, you know, yeah. all, all that stuff. And they don't. So that's that's kind of like that. And then, of course, there's the love interest in this movie. Nikki. Nikki. Oh, Nikki, Nikki. Which is, turns out to be Jack's sister. Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? Played and, by Brittany Powell. Yeah. Now, well, do you know who she dated in like 2015? Who? You will never guess this. Jonathan Davis. No. Okay. <laughs> I love that guess, though. <laughs> yeah, you know. Vern Troyer, mini-me. Really? Yes. I would have never guessed that. You better watch out for uh, for Jack. Yeah. Mini-me. R.I.P., by the way. He died. The guy who played Jack? No. Oh, mini-me. mini-me. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a bummer. But Was she dating him until the <laughs> death? Uh, I'm not sure, but... I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Phil's beat red right now. He's <laughs> losing it. Full on By the way, oh my god, I have tears in my eyes. Uh, by the way, I watched it on subtitles today because there's a lot of lines in this movie where I'm like, what are they saying? Mm-hmm. And I could never figure out what Jack Black was saying when he's like, after after Mitchell like pulls down Blaine's pants, Jack mm-hmm. Black is just like howling, laughing. He says, full on Mooner. Full on Mooner. Yeah, full on Mooner. Yeah, they call him Moondoggy too. Really? Yeah, like watch out Moondoggy. And then Jack Black just says, he just says funny. He's like, funny. Yeah, so. I did know that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that is a great scene. So that's kind of where Mitchell, like, he goes through a lot of hazing. Okay. They, oh, yeah. They go through, he goes through a lot of stuff because what happens is they bring him onto the hockey team because some of the other hockey dudes pour X lax in a teacher's coffee and they get caught. Mitchell goes out there and he tries, but he scores on the wrong goal. Mm. Not good. Yeah, not good. So now the game winning point, yeah, mind you. Yeah. So he, I didn't know you were on our team. So then yeah. Jack just flatlines him, and um, I guess the whole rink just clears out while this unconscious teenager lays on the ice. Because <laughs> he goes to, <laughs> it's like no no parent was like, uh, maybe call a hospital, like get him to a hospital. Yeah, because Seth Green, who plays his cousin Wiley, yeah, wakes who him he's up. staying with, he wakes him up. And he's like, like, I thought you were dead. He's like, it's nighttime out. Yeah, yeah. He was there for a while out cold. So, um, yeah, where were we? Oh, just talking about. Just talking. So Mitchell scores on the wrong goal and then he gets hazed like crazy. So, I mean. I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever seen 
toilet paper hung up above a stall by a chain before like that. You know how they like pour water on all the yeah, that toilet was paper? Part, yeah, I've never really seen that now. Yeah, me neither. Well, maybe it was just so... That seems, um, like if you're taking a dump, you don't want to stand up <laughs> to get toilet paper. I mean, maybe that's how they do it in Cincinnati. You know what I mean? But maybe that's how they do it so you can see that they're pouring water on it. Yeah, I guess. It's a pretty good prank. But they put sand in his locker. Gotcha. They're also <laughs> gotcha. They're they're also like getting wily. You know Where what I mean? Did they like get straight up beach sand though. It wasn't like dirt. It's no, like, it was sand. Where would they get it? Yeah. Where would Hardware they get it? Hardware store, like- dude. It's true. Yeah, I mean, you because you got get fill sand or whatever. Yeah. Okay. How do you get the sand in the locker though? Like and make right it without it falling out first. So, yeah. Logistics aside, good prank. Yeah. Get it? Sand beach. And I like how the uh, the twins almost literally murder Wiley. They almost run him off the road. Yeah, that's a, it's pretty bad. It's I was like, looking, I was watching that today and I was like, damn, they could have like actually killed somebody. Like those twins are pretty all because his cousin scored on the wrong team. Yeah. You know. Yeah, well. So, now it's time for redemption. Mm. Right? Because Mitchell's got to redeem himself. He's he's honestly like done with this town at this point. Yeah. You're not worth it, bro. You're not worth it, bro. Yeah, well, he goes out with uh with Nikki and Wiley and um Gloria. Gloria, who's played by Alana Ubach, who I had a huge crush on when and I, I was I think a kid. she does really good in this. She's awesome. She was also in Waiting. And she was also in Beekman's World. Oh. Do you remember that television show? Vaguely. It was kind of like Bill Nye the Science Guy, mm-hmm. but like a little weirder and more cartoonish. Okay. But I loved Beekman's World and she was on that. And I had a crush on her then, too. Yeah, she's yeah. great in this. Yeah, she is. She's really funny. I love how she shuts down Wiley. She yeah. just, like, coughs in his face. Yeah, I mean, wow. That's <laughs> a great shutdown, and you get the message. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, like, so Mitchell has to redeem himself. How does he do it? He gets his rollerblades in the mail. Something that he should have never forgotten. Yeah, he brought a surfboard, but not rollerblades? Not rollerblades. Okay. So he gets them. <laughs> And now they're playing street hockey, mm-hmm. and so he goes out there and redeems himself with the scene you were talking about, right? Oh, when he pants his Blaine. When he pants his Blaine. But when he shows up, Nikki's like, don't talk to me, but he wins her back by pantsing a guy. Yeah. She's like, well, now you can talk to me, a big yeah. dummy. I mean, if I was <laughs> if I was a chick, that, I was like, that's pretty cool. Okay, we can be friends again. <laughs> that's pretty cool. We can be friends. Yeah, and I mean, but he also embarrassed, literally embarrassed. Oh my god! Literally embarrassed them. Embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is that where the the word comes from? Probably uh, not. Hopefully, it does now. I've just unlocked a, a door here. Yeah. Um, but we also need to talk about the scene at the arbitorium. How, how do you? Say oh, the. Uh, um, the conservatory. The conservatory. Um, that was filmed at the Cincinnati Cron Conservatory. Before we get into this, do you want to do top three? Top three moments? Top three moments? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, okay. let's do it. Um, Again, could be big or small. Do you want me to start? Yeah, you go first. Okay. So this is a real subtle little moment. 
but I just, it makes me laugh every time. So this is when Mitchell first meets Nikki at the hockey game and he's telling this dumb esoteric surfer story about how uh, he was like, yeah, I once uh, knew a surfer and there was this kid on a boogie board and he was surfing in his territory and he Mm -hmm. stops himself and he kind of looks away and he's like, anyways, so yeah. <laughs> I once knew this real badass who was always fighting over waves. Anyone ever came near a wave he was on, he'd go berserk, Looney Tunes. He'd fight him right there. Didn't matter how big the guy was, he didn't care. Real head case. Anyway, one day he comes across this kid on a boogie board. To be on he like way. pauses. He's like, so what is he anyway, looking at? He's literally looking at something. It's like he stopped himself mid-sentence. He's like, because he realized like how dumb he sounds. But I just love that moment. Number two, I got to go with the uh, botanical shred session. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought this was the coolest shit. Yeah. I still want to rollerblade at this place. Yeah. Well, maybe we can ask him. You know what? I think we should. I am going to call the Cron Conservatory. In Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm just going to see, like, you know, if I bring my blades, will they let me shred it up? This is a live call, ladies and gentlemen. We're just doing it. Yeah. So, let's give them a call. We're going to get a real person? Hopefully. It's going to be. Hi, thanks for calling Chrome Conservatory. This is Lisa. Can I help you? Yeah. Um, I just have a quick question for you. Um, okay. Uh, me and my friend, we were trying to do a little bit of rollerblading. Could we? No. Could we bring our roller? <laughs> I can go ahead and catch you out now, honey. You can't rollerblade in here. Has any? Let me I'm ask you sorry. this: Has anybody ever rollerbladed in there? Uh, we filmed a movie here back in the eighties, and that was it. And actually, it was, was nineteen ninety three, and it was a good one. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was in the eighties. So were you no, were you working there at the time when they filmed it? I'm not that old. Oh, I'm no, sorry. I not, no, I was not working here then. Have you ever had to so, kick out but, anybody for rollerblading? Uh, if someone came in here rollerblading, they would be escorted out, yes. Oh my God, it'd be so worth it though. Okay. And no, I don't think it would. <laughs> I, please don't try. Okay. You know, yeah, don't do that to me because I don't, I don't want to have to do anything, okay? Ha- Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen Airborne? Uh-huh. No, I have not. Oh my God! Really? You gotta watch it. Uh, you know something? I may do that. Do it. It's but a great one. But yeah, but don't come in here rollerblading. All right. Okay. Rollerblade outside, but just don't come in. All right. All right. Well, thank you so all much, right, and you have a good day. Day. You too, hon. Bye. What a sweetheart. That couldn't have went any better. <sighs> Honestly, she's never seen Airborne. That's crazy that she's never seen it. <laughs> but she did say she did know about the movie. Maybe that's one of the things that it's most famous for because. She knew about it, right? But, you know. Yeah, I mean, the way she said, no, you can't come rollerblading. I thought that, like, a lot of people had asked her that before. Yeah, maybe they have, but maybe she didn't want to reveal it. But either way, Josh, this scene was like, oh, man. It does feel like the epitome of cool, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I was like, one day I'm going to take a girl here and she's going to be super impressed by my blading skills mm-hmm. and we're going to fall in love and that's going to be it. Well, apparently you can't because it's against the rules. Apparently not, yeah. according to her. 
All right. So my my next one of my next moments, the pantsing Blaine. I mean, that's just iconic. Like when I think of this movie, that's one of the things that I I think about. Chocolate stained Blaine. Chocolate stained Blaine. I <laughs> oh, mean that that nickname's gonna stick with him forever, dude. <laughs> Yeah, he's still called Chocolate Stain Blaine, and in, in his he's gonna be in his fifties or sixties now in that small yeah. town in Cincinnati. If we knew where he was, we'd give him a call and ask. Yeah, apparently he disappeared off the face of the earth. I, mean, I guess getting pants just make him not want to ever do a movie again. You know? Yeah. So I know I've already done three by now, but these give me were some more. these were a couple of front runners. Give me some more. Wiley at the start of the race. Okay, I laugh the hardest. At this movie, like when they first take off at the race, and you just see Wiley in the background, like going left or right. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. it's really good. <laughs> He's awesome. That part makes me laugh every time. Um, and this is a weird little moment—not necessarily a favorite moment, but one I have to ask you. So, when Nikki and um, her friend Gloria are in the bathroom, and Gloria's like. Uh, you know, not in this lifetime. I'm not gonna d- like Wiley or whatever. Yeah. As soon as it cuts back to Wiley and Mitchell, Wiley says to Mitchell, "My dad shot her. It was weird." And then they like the girls come back to the table. Yeah, but like the scene starts with Wiley saying, "My dad shot her. It was weird." So what is that story? I have no idea. That's strange, right? It's totally out of context, and maybe maybe they want you. To, to take it out of context because uh-huh. like so it feels weird and kind of funny mm-hmm. you know because Wiley's kind of a weird kid so maybe it was just a cut scene or something that you know I, I don't know but yeah that is pretty weird <laughs> it's pretty weird yeah well Josh me why don't you give me your uh, well give me the good ones I mean I really really love when Wiley is trying on outfits for the date. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that part when I was a kid. It was the funniest thing. Yeah. That right said Fred song is on and he's trying on all of the outfits and it is just so cool. Um, I love everything down that happens in Wiley's room and Wiley's room is really cool. He's got like Megadeth posters everywhere and like skull lights and like he just feels like i really like i said i really related to wiley because he was kind of an outsider yeah his room does have a a pretty good aesthetic to it like totally very detailed did you notice that little eraser head poster young eraser head poster there are a lot of cool details inside of inside of that i feel like your room looked like that growing up it did it really did mine was it was in the basement i had lights everywhere i had you know weird posters you know nice so it was totally where do you get your posters from? Uh, the mall. I got my posters from the mall, but mainly I used to get hit paraders and uh, circus, circus stuff like that. And I would get you know all the pullouts and like they were like mini posters, you yep. know, and I would you know plaster my walls with those. So maybe Metal Edge if you were desperate. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Ahead. I'm gonna say the pantsing, pantsing? scene. Okay, also excellent. Really, really funny. Awesome, and yeah. it's kind of like how. Mitchell redeems himself and I think it's such an important part of the film and you know which kind of uh, goes into them coming over and congratulating him and inviting him to go to Devil's Backbone which this whole scene is incredible like the whole race Mm -hmm. amazing so I mean like it's definitely my favorite part of the movie Um, it's like all the race the race definitely I'm you know what when I was upon rewatch I found myself a little bored during the race. Really? 
a little bit. That's interesting to me. I love the race. I mean, this race goes on for at least 10 minutes. Yeah, it's like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's a huge chunk of the movie. But, I mean, it's a huge part of the movie. And, like, see, the thing is there are so many stunts and, like, cool moves and, like, so many awesome shots and all, all this kind of stuff. But I'd have to say I won't – I will say the race in general, but there is one stunt specific in specific where they go around a corner – and this dude spins out of control and gets caught underneath of a car. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I still remember seeing that stunt and being like, oh, how do they do that? Like, that's got to hurt so bad. Like, it looks like this car separates his shoulder. And it's like he slides underneath the car and the car stops. Like, how do you do that stunt? Did he slide underneath a parked car or? That car was moving. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's crazy, huh. and that's one of my favorite parts in the movie because I like it's still like the like right now I'm like man how do they do that and I would love to learn how they did that stunt and it was some really dangerous stuff going on there and like yeah. from, I think from what I read it was all the rollerblade team like the official rollerblade team doing all this stuff right but I think Shane McDermott did some of his rollerblading stunts right yeah so he said that um he used to go to auditions in New York. And he would just rollerblade around everywhere. He would like grab onto the back of a cab and like let it pull him. And that's skitching. That's exactly what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, hey, all right, yeah, skitching. That's skitching. He, so he was skitching around New York. So he had some experience rollerblading, and that helped because it made the stunts and all that a little more, um, a bit more seamless. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, I mean, it does look like him, right? And there's you can mm-hmm. tell when there's stunt people, and you can you can kind of tell, especially when it's slowed down. But I mean. Yeah, that that one stunt is crazy. And uh, while we're thinking of this, I wonder. I wanted to look it up. I didn't know how though to see how much more rollerblades sold. Like how? Like because you oh. said it really influenced you to go pick up rollerblades, right? Yep. So I mean, and they're called inline skates. They're not called rollerblades. Rollerblade is a brand. Oh, right. So it's kind of like how Saran wrap and like how Q-tips, <laughs> right? Like, it, it, like the brand becomes the object. Yeah. Band-aids, okay, things like that. So like rollerblades, like I'm pretty sure that's the same thing, and they became this huge brand. And I want to want to see how much more popular it became after this movie came out because it had to inspire tons of young people yeah. to go out and start to, to rollerblade or inline skate. Or, there had to be a spike in sales. There had to be. And I sure. would love to look that up, you know, even post this and, and see how that happened because it's got to be such an interesting thing to look at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of blading, uh, one little moment. This was a, a contender as well. The uh, Probably the most extreme part of this movie. I forgot exactly when it starts, but Mitchell's just shredding it up through town. And there's all these like kids on bikes, and he like goes to the half pipe, and he's. This is when he gets the package, and he's like, "Something I should have never forgotten." Yeah, I yeah. mean, come on, that's just ick, stream. I mean, it's like here's here's a snippet for your X Games, you know, people that that yeah. need something. I mean, and he does some crazy stuff, dude. And also, I'm glad, I'm really glad you bring up this scene because, um, the song that's playing shreds and the whole the whole soundtrack and the score shreds it's done by Stuart copeland which is the drummer from the police oh wow yeah so so but he also has a bunch of scoring stuff that he did i think he did uh, a few good man or something i looked it up but he also has a bunch of other music that he did post police and uh I, i think it's awesome like the soundtrack to this is awesome and you can kind of tell it's his style 
and all that kind of stuff. But the, yeah, like the there's a shredding solo inside of it. There's just one part where it's like, yeah, it's like it's so good. <laughs> it's so awesome. Like it really gets me pumped. Yeah. Um, uh, and there's that one song where they're actually pumped. <laughs> he does. I get pumped up, dude. I was, I was watching this movie, folding laundry, like you know, just going about my day to today, you know, prepping for this and. Um, like I started like jumping around and like you know like getting into it, dude. It was, yeah. it was awesome. And um, the scene that you talk about when they're in the conservatory mm-hmm. and uh, where that song is playing, I was like, "My love is good." Oh man, yeah. Like that song is also just awesome. screams 1993. Yeah, like all those uh, little R and B songs. Like when they're walking down mm-hmm. the boardwalk, it's got the little the romantic R and B song. Yeah, uh, the soundtrack nails it. Like the it's it sets the the mood really really well. Yeah, and I also have to say another sound design thing. The sound design on this is awesome because f- those sounds of the the rollerblades, like like when they stop, like when they're using their brakes, and like when they fly off, and like that you can hear that. <sighs> okay, glad you brought this up. Yeah, is that like a dentist drill or something? Like I don't know they, how they did it's it. Like, but- but like you know, those sounds are very memorable, and it's like it, it kind of it helps it helps me bring me into the film. I mean, like it's cool because like the sound of the rollerblades hitting hitting the gravel, hitting the road. Like, yeah. Like I know it sounds so crazy, but like if you've seen the movie, you know what I mean. It's like it's a very important part of the sound design. It sounds like an extreme horse clopping down the street. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it like it puts you there, and it's like I don't I don't know if those. And there's another scene in the um, in the Devil's Backbone race where they're all skating really hard, and you hear that like like it's just like them pushing really hard. Like, oh, yeah. I don't I don't know. Like the sound design's awesome, and the soundtrack on this movie is really awesome. So, yeah, good good call. Yeah, that that sound when they launch through the air, I want to know what that is. It's like a. Yeah, it sounds like a mechanical drill or something. It's yeah, like but a, it's, I guess it's just supposed to be the wheels spinning off without it touching anything. I guess. Yeah, like the air flowing through them. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Any but, other uh, standout moments for you? I think hmm, one of my favorite lines, and this is a great segue because I'm getting kind of hungry here. This is VH snacking. This is VH snacking. And let's not forget about the snack because it's very important. Um Edie McClurg, when the boys come over to uh, accept Mitchell into accept the crew. Mi- yeah. She's like, uh, side question. Why yeah. doesn't Jack show up? Because Jack doesn't like Mitchell. Still? Even no. though he pants Blaine? Mm-mm. I still don't think he likes him because even because even when they get to the hill, uh, you know, for the devil's backbone, he's still not near him. He won't talk to him. He must have been prepping for his uh, role as Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Wow. Good drop. Yeah. That's that's a good knowledge drop. <laughs> but when the boys come over, yeah. uh, she's like, you boys want some great Kool-Aid? <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> and they're like, uh, no, thank you, ma'am. No, thank you. She's like, okay, well, let's go make some caramel popcorn. Exactly. <laughs> and don't don't burn the oilio this time. Uh, the the husband is hilarious too. Oh, he's he is. I remember him from episodes from Saved by the Bell. He was like one of always the substitute teacher. Oh wow! He was like, yeah, let's uh, go to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, he's just funny. I mean, great duo there. The mom yeah. and the dad are, are awesome. Very funny. Yeah, Good comic relief. Yeah. So, and I love that line. And I wanted to do something with Kool Aid. Okay. And she also talks about popcorn. 
So I found oh. some Kool-Aid popcorn. I oh found a recipe God. for Kool-Aid popcorn. Now I used cherry Kool-Aid because I didn't know I don't really like grape. That just Kool-Aid. seems like a really bad combination. But grape. you could use grape. Okay. You could use any flavor you want, dude. So I want I wanna, you know, we'll take a break and listen to some some of the clips, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll play. Uh, and I want you to try it, and then we'll come back, and we'll see what you think of it. All right, enjoy this sick clip while we try this grape Kool-Aid. No, popcorn. it's cherry Kool-Aid oh, popcorn. Oh, cherry Kool-Aid popcorn. <laughs> some cherry Kool-Aid? <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Mitchell Guzan, at your service. Uh, I'm not from around here. Hey. What's you tell? Well, I don't have any stories. Don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Don't care. Just as long as I live near the beach and don't have to wear a tie. Then... I'll be styling. Styling? What? What? Styling? Let me tell you what styling is. The perfect session. A-frame wave, ground swell, spitting out salt water in your face, doing a a little lip action move, a a 360 without a bounce. I call it a liquid Drano, wannabe bullwinkle. I tell you no lie, my friends. It's a consciousness razor. Oh, man, I'm going to throw up. What's consciousness? Uh Other than that, I don't know. Give me some... um, Captain Crunch Berries, a couple bean burritos, maybe an otter pop or two, and I'm a pretty happy camper. Get up there. I have a few things to say. Could I add something, please? Uh, I think that the pretty boy Maharishi over here has been mixing a little bit of Drano with his fruit punch. Does anyone here believe this uh, L.A. laid back? Horse poop! This guy is peddling? I don't buy it. You big fruity two-shoe. We are back. What'd you think of that, Phil? Pretty damn good, Josh. I thought it was perfect because she talks about Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. and then she talks about caramel corn. Well, won't you tell the people how you made it? It's pretty easy. Um, so basically what what you're doing is you're taking corn syrup, butter, sugar, and then you cook that down, and then you add the Kool-Aid packet, right? And you can use any kind of Kool-Aid you want. Like, I use cherry because it's a classic flavor, and... Um, then you you make you boil that uh, the three things, and then you add the Kool Aid packet, and then you mix that in really well so it, it it's all mixed in. And then you add a tiny like a half a teaspoon of baking soda, and it makes it like puff out and fluff out. And then you just fold it into the the popcorn, and then you lay it out on some parchment paper and then break it up. And it's great. It really does like if you like the snack of like eating popcorn and drinking Kool Aid or like a sweet drink. It's this, very sweet. It's it, good. It, yeah. But very sweet. It is very sweet. It combines it. It almost feels like airheads mixed with popcorn, but like in one one snack. So it's like a it's like a candied popcorn, but it has like a really good mouthfeel and like chew to it. Yeah. And I was telling you, like, for my next Halloween party, I'm definitely gonna make that because it looks like bloody popcorn. Bloody popcorn. Yeah, and you said you could stick some some gummy eyeballs in there and stuff. Yeah, that would be Be good. super cool. And you can use any color you want. I mean, you could use, you know, if you wanted to do it for Christmas, you can do red and green. Or if you wanted to do it for Halloween, you can do orange and purple. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it, it's really cool. Or you can do red because it does look like blood. But if you're a fan of like the, the salty sweet snacks, I definitely recommend doing this. Just look up Kool-Aid popcorn and it is really good. I almost did Kool-Aid pickles Ooh. for this, but I didn't grab the stuff quick enough because it has to sit for like a week and a half or right. a week right and i had to you know pull this together but well i think this yeah. was the call 
Yeah, especially because she says Kool-Aid and popcorn. It's like one of my favorite lines in the movie. Yeah, I didn't even put those two together. I I thought while I was watching this, I'm always thinking like, mmm, is it going to be a basket of fries? <laughs> Come on, man. You got to say this line because you've been oh, saying this line yeah. all week, dude. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, Come on, Jack. We'll just sit down, talk it over over a basket of fries or something. Yeah, he he's like, we would just sit down and talk this over over a basket of fries or something. Come on, Josh. We'll just all sit down. <laughs> we'll suck on some chili dogs, <laughs> and you can hawk my boba. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know why he didn't do anything else. Shane McDermott really nails this because we're gonna get into the MVPs now, right? Yeah. So we should go into. Oh, but while I'm remembering, but then he offers to Blaine. He's like, "Hey, Mono Amana, you're kind of intruding on our date. So how about we just all go out? We'll go bowling or something. <laughs> Bowling's like, fun, dude. Yeah, bowling is fun, but I love how he's just always trying to d- defuse the situation. You know. Well, you know, because it comes back to that story you said where you like kind of like how stupid he sounds. I thought that was such a cool moment in this movie where he's like, because he used to be a hard ass. Like mm-hmm. he used to be just like Jack, you know? Right. And like, that's why I think he, he doesn't mess with it anymore because, you know, he hurt some kid really badly. Yeah. You know, and you uh, think I give two left testicles about you or anybody else in this town? Your school or anybody else? <laughs> or your hockey team? Yeah. You're not worth it, brah. <laughs> no one here is. I'm not here three months, brah. Three months. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so he, he loses it. He does lose his chill, you know, in, the, in that scene. <laughs> he does lose the chill. He does lose the chill, but otherwise he's like 95% chill. Yeah. You know, so you got to love that. Um, But yeah, I mean, the the use of the word bra, the chillness. You know, it, it is it is mockable, but it's always I always like impressed me. I was like, this dude's really cool. Like, and that's why they hate him so much because yeah. he is super cool. And they're like, this is bullshit. You can't be this cool. I gotta say though, his classroom speech is like pretty cringy. And Shane McDermott said that this is the one scene that makes him cringe whenever he rewatches it because he. Nobody likes standing in front of a classroom, you know? Right. So whenever he watches this, it just takes him right back to that feeling of like being in front of all these actors and having to like deliver this, all these lines. So, yeah, the styling thing is a little cringy. Yeah. Yeah. This, it's like, oh, let me style it. Then I'll be styling. And he like fixes his hair. Yeah. Like, you know, it is, it is a little propped up, you know, and I, I think it was supposed to be. Give but. me some. Captain Crunchberries and a couple of bean burritos, and I'm all set. What's the other thing? It's Captain Crunchberries, bean burritos, and an otter pop. <laughs> I'm a pretty happy camper. That could have been, uh, see, those were uh, some contenders. I was like, oh, is Josh going to bring some bean burritos? And yeah, I mean, but that, I see, I'm not going to. Did you uh, think about that? No. No, because really? I, I, I was dead set on the, on the line. You boys want some great Kool-Aid? And... I didn't want to use grape, obviously, so I went for the classic cherry. And she says caramel popcorn, and I was like, hmm. And I just happened to stumble upon this recipe. Oh, you know what you could have done? What's up? You could have added some Captain Crunch berries to this. Oh, we, we can next time. Though. Oh. So listen up, VH Snackers. If you want to do this, look up the Kool-Aid popcorn and then add some Crunch berries, and yeah. then it's total airborne snack. Yeah, if you want the extreme version, right. add the Crunch berries to it. You already said there was a lot of sugar in it, but if you wanted to add even more <laughs> sugar in it. Shit. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> then you'll be totally airborne flying around, <laughs> yeah. you know, with all that sugar rush, dude. Yeah. So MVP time? MVP? Hmm. All right, let's uh, 
get our trophy ready. We got it nice and polished. Yeah, it's a gold. Well, we got two trophies here. Josh, who are you giving your MVP trophy to? This gold spray-painted rollerblade trophy? <laughs> yes. It looks um, like the uh, the Guts trophy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still want one of those, <laughs> the by the way. The aggro crag, dude? Hell yeah. Oh, God. If I, I would die happy if I could climb the aggro crag yeah. at least once. Piece of the crag. Man, I used to love that shit, too. MVP for Airborne. It's tough. It's it's between Shane McDermott or Seth Green because they both are great in this movie, right? And Seth Green, like I said, I think it's one of his finest roles. Like, and I know that like he's done a lot and he's great in Idle Hands and great in a bunch of other stuff, but I just really love his character in this and I think he nails it. He's super funny. Yeah. You know, and his physical comedy is great in it too. Um but I really think it has to go to Shane McDermott because he does such a great job in this movie and he is Mitchell Goose. And, and like, it's funny that like he never did another uh, feature length film or another film because all of a sudden, because he didn't do anything else, he actually is Mitchell Goosen. He is the goose now. Yeah. Um, but I, I would definitely give it to him. I mean, he's a great lead role. Um, he plays it perfectly. He just uh, he lives in this movie as that as that character, and I think he does a wonderful job. Can uh can't complain about that. I mean, he is this movie, you know. He is, um, yeah. And I think because, like, like I said, because he's only done this. I mean, like, he's immortalized. He's he forever is. Mitchell. He is forever Mitchell Cusin. I mean, the earring, the hair. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I always see him in my head as with the with the sunglasses on and the helmet. Like his look with the red and yellow like yeah. short sleeve hoodie, yeah. His look from the the race at the end of the film is how I envision him in my head as that character for some reason. Ooh, did I just find my next Halloween costume? Possibly. Wow. Hey, dude. Pull off like a good airborne costume. That'd be sick. You can go as Wiley. Oh <laughs> yeah. But I want to be like goth Wiley from the very first <laughs> just scene. Show up looking like steampunk John Lennon. Yeah, I got like the red. <laughs> A wig where it's cut at this at the chin and like got the red glasses yeah yeah i mean wiley's pretty metal yeah you know what i mean like he, like i said it's he's got a slayer shirt on and he's got megadeth posters everywhere kid's pretty metal yeah so yeah he's the wiley man the wiley man you know me who love hockey born to play hockey <laughs> wearing, dad drives a zamboni i'm wearing hockey underwear right now <laughs> <laughs> hockey nintendo <laughs> Yeah. All right. For me, it's got to go to my boy, Seth Green. I love that you picked Seth I Green. think he's just the most consistently, well, he is the most consistently funny part of this movie. He's yeah. in a lot of the movie. Um, he's a good counterbalance to Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, without Wiley there, Mitchell might just get a little too, you know, up his own ass. But the Wiley man is just, you know, there to to anchor him down. I mean, he's a great supporting role. I mean, and, and I totally agree. And that's why that was my number two. And and he has some good little moments of acting there. Like when they're leaving the restaurant and Mitchell's like, what was I supposed to do? Fight him? And Wiley's like, yeah, do something, man. Don't just stand there and take it. I was like, okay. Showing a little bit of acting range there. He's like, a good saying, job I'm not that. kidding, man. He does great. Mm-hmm. He has great moments in this. And I think I really think it's some of his best work. Yeah. And like, I know that sounds crazy, but like he's, he's so in this character and you believe that he is this character. Yeah. And, um, 
I think it's really cool. And like, I, I do think he has really good dramatic moments in this movie too, because the dramatic moments in this film are few and far between because it's mostly like an action-ish comedy, right? Not action-action, yeah. action, but a sport sport comedy. I love the hair band he wears when he's brushing his teeth. That's cool. She better have nice eyes and really nice teeth. teeth. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I love that hair band, it's, that look too. And um, no, I agree. I think I, I just because he's not the lead role, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But he could still be the MVP and obviously he is for you. So I totally agree. And um, yeah. I love that the uh, the the hockey game where Blaine gets pants, where Gloria looks at Wiley, and he like loses his balance, like <laughs> tries to grab a hold of the car mirror and pulls it off. Yeah, it's just such great physical comedy there. Yeah, his, I guess his physical comedy is really great in this, too. So. Yeah, those are the MVPs, and you know those two really carry the film. But like, not to take away from anybody else in this film, because I think everybody does a pretty good job. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even like, I mean, even today, Jack's like a pretty intimidating dude. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's a really good bully. By the way, he was twenty three when he filmed this. That's he's why he looks- jacked, dude. No pun intended. <laughs> I mean, nice. Like, no, you you know how you can really tell. There's a scene when uh. It's, I think it's the first classroom scene. It's when they introduce the classroom when Wiley and, and Mitchell walk in. Mm-hmm. And you can just look at Jack sitting in the one, sitting in the chair, and the kid right next to him. I mean, you're just like, man, this is, this dude's not in high school. <laughs> you're right. Because <laughs> like, the kid next to him is like 95 pounds soaking wet. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, how are these guys in the same speech class? So. Yeah, but you said uh, Shane McDermott was only like 17 at this point, so yeah, he was so like the right age he and everything? Was, he was true to the age that he portrays. Jack was like 23. I think the rest of the cast were like, well, I don't know how old Jack Black was. That's interesting. I, I wonder how old Seth Green is here, too. I didn't look that up either. Hmm. But um, I would say Seth Green's probably about there, like 18, 19, 20. Yeah, something Somewhere like around that. there. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Jacked, uh, I've got to talk about Jack Black. Yeah, we got to talk about Jack Black a little because he's hilarious in this movie. Oh, so funny. You could tell, um, even when I was a kid, I could kind of tell like there's something special about that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, even yeah. though he's, he's a minor character, I he always stood out to me um, in the few lines that he has. What are some of your favorite Jack Black lines from this? There it is. He said it again. Oh, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. And Well, leading up that, did he just call me a piece of underwear? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think growing up, I always used to say, did he just call me an undergarment? <laughs> like, misquoting it, but still quoting it. Yeah. And I did it with a misquote with, like, you boys want some Kool-Aid? Like, she does say grape Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. But in my head, it's just Kool-Aid. But, uh, I mean, Augie, um, his physical comedy is amazing, too, because, like you said, a lot of the time, he's it's not really the line that he has. It's the way he does the line. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when Mitchell scores on the wrong goal... And he's like, that was just great. Yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> you have to watch it. Like I can't, yep. I can't mimic it, but um, yeah. So the bra line, they're all good. What's your favorites, man? Um, while we're on, uh, yeah. Uh, Jack Black, like I love how he meets his end of the movie. He just like slams his nuts into a tree. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's like, yeah. You don't see Jack Black after that. Yeah, I mean, because he what he does, he separates two people, right? Uh, something like that, and he just flies yeah. off the course and yeah. slams his nuts into a tree, and yeah. that's the end of Jack Black. And then a, two, a few years later, you would see him on Biodome. 
Just want to save some freaking trees. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> now I'm curious as to what age he was. We'll have to look that up. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he, Jack Black is great in this, you know, and Augie was a special character. You know, because as I see it is you have your protagonist and the supporting role and the antagonist and the supporting role. And Jack Black is the supporting role of the antagonist, which yeah. is Jack, I guess. You know, even though Jack has his own things to deal with, the preps. Yeah. This doesn't concern you, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I want to talk about is like, it's odd that Mitchell blames his cousin for not telling him that that was Jack's sister. Well, Wiley says, I didn't know. Oh, that's right. He says, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. How could he not know? I don't know. Well, that's, (laughs) that's totally her fault though, because when they first meet each other, Mitchell's like, Hey, you see that guy out there? Number two. That's right. And why didn't she say that's my brother? Yeah. You would think she would slip that in. Right. But yeah, I always thought that was weird. How they, how, how like it was revealed later. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Shame yeah. on you, Nikki. Yeah, Nikki. What What the heck? What the hell? And he never got mad at her for not saying anything. He got mad at Wiley. <laughs> like, I yeah. Know. I didn't know. Yeah, that's right. He said he doesn't know. Yeah. Interesting. So you like the race. I love the race. Okay, well. It's such an awesome scene. This movie needed. Okay, after the race ends. Well, once the race starts, there's like no dialogue. There's like, mm-hmm. hey, watch out. Or you know, stuff like that. And then you have Wiley at the end. He's like, Popeye was a great man. And he, he kisses Gloria. Yeah. Then the movie just freeze frames on Nikki and Mitchell. Yeah. And that's Great it. happy ending. Yeah. But there should have been like, I don't know, next day at school, like just maybe two more minutes of something. No, I thought it was a perfect ending. Really? I love the happy ending because what else was there left to prove? Uh, Mitchell breaking up with Nikki where he's like, okay, well, uh, guess I'm off to California now. Going back to California now. Yeah. <laughs> Popeye was a great man because he was a, a man that did things on his own. He had to sell the seeds on his own. And like Popeye, I gotta get it. He would say like something. And then she's like, you're a poet. She's like, <laughs> oh my God, I'll never, you're a poet. I'll never see you again. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing is like that is the truth of what's going to happen and it'll end. But the thing is that moment mm-hmm. was pure glory because they beat the preps. Jack's accepted him. Yeah. You know, even uh, Seth Green's character, you know, Wiley g- gets the girl. You know, it's, it's all it's all harmonious and cool. Yeah. And I think that's why you say there is no dialogue in in the race. But that's why I think that the the sound design is so important there because it does carry besides the action and all the stuff that's going on. I mean, there really is what three lines trees, trees. <laughs> that's yeah. a good one. That <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, snake says, que paso, or whatever he says. Oh yeah. You looked well, this up earlier. Yeah. It means with sediment or with, you know, so we're thinking it has something to do with poop. Or it also means ground. I think, yeah. I don't know. So I don't know what it means, but uh, I got a quick question. Yeah. I was watching this last night and I'm going, how in the hell do they know where to go? They're like going through parking decks and like down these well, side that's streets. The thing. I, I think only the people that know, like, well, obviously Mitchell loses them at some point. It's like where they go well, because he's just get, following people. Even to get that far is a miracle. I mean, yeah. they're going down a, a public road 
they go through a garage like little side streets and it's like how there's no arrow stadium or, yeah yeah so there is there isn't and i mean i never really thought about that i always how i always assumed it was that the dudes in the front know devil's backbone they know how to get there they know where to go the only rule there are no rules yeah but we just start the race plane we just start the race start the race plane <laughs> <laughs> that look, that that sidekick guy. He seems yeah, familiar. Who is to, that? He seems familiar. I don't know who it is, but he just pops up out of nowhere, and he's like, "Oh, I'm uh, Wiley's counterpart." Yeah, um, yeah. It's weird because it's it's Blaine, and I don't even know the other guy's name. Yeah, that's like Blaine's Wiley. You know, kind of. Yeah, like yeah. the underling kind of yeah. sidekick person. Yeah. Right. But no, I think that the final scene. I think that's the scene that most people would remember the most, you know, because it was so intense. It was so cool. It was so much action. And like, like I said, the sound design really stuck with me, you know, and I think it, like it was really important, you know, and Stuart Copeland's score and soundtrack is really, really great. Um, yeah. And I like the ending. I thought the ending was perfect. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all about the race. I mean, it's super extreme. Yeah. For a young kid, it like really blew my mind, you know. For sure. But um, you know, upon a rewatch, I was like, yeah, maybe they could have just added a little something, but it's fine. It also makes the movie feel really short because once it gets to the race, it's like, oh wow, we're at the race, and then it's like, well, you know what happens at the race, so it feels like it. It feels like it shortens the movie in a way. Interesting. I always thought that this movie was set up really well, and I thought the pacing was excellent. Yeah, it's paced well. Um, yeah. Yeah, from like a technical standpoint, it's solid, you know? Yeah, I mean, super solid. And I think it does feel breezy, you know what I mean? But I think this movie is like an hour and 21 minutes or something. I don't think it's, it's like, any shorter. It's like under 87 minutes. Yeah, it's probably yeah. like hour and 21, yeah, somewhere around there. Like that. So, I mean, but it does feel breezy. It feels very quick and it's set up really well and it doesn't drag at all. And I don't know, it's super fun. Like I, I put this movie on still just to like hang out at my house or like do dishes or, or whatever. Like I still pop it on. It is a comfort, you know, that's why, that, that's why it's on VH snacking, why we chose it. Cause we both love it. You know, yeah. Being a comfort film. And I mean, I've watched it twice in the last 24 hours and upon rewatch again today, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm fine. St- I'm still fine watching this. I'm not like pissed that I have to watch this again or something. No. Yeah. And I mean, I'll continue to watch. I mean, honestly, I just, uh, my mom visited recently and, Whenever, you know, we're hanging out, I try to put on movies that she might remember that I love. And she remembered Airborne. She's like, you used to watch this all the time when you were a kid. <laughs> She's like, I like this movie. It's fun. And I was like, cool. Like, it's just, that's how deeply embedded this movie is into my life. You know, that my mom yeah. remembers and, you know, because I used to watch it all the time. And that's cool. she remembers liking it. So that was really cool and sweet. So, yeah. Yeah. So before we wrap this up, there's one character I got to get your thoughts on. Oh boy, I'm excited. In the classroom. The kid with the face mask. Rosenblatt? <laughs> Rosenblatt. <laughs> what the hell is that about? Okay, so here's my... He doesn't get much of a backstory, right? He just stands there. He doesn't say a word. And he appears to have been severely injured in a... Somehow. So here's what I think. I think Rosenblatt was on the hockey team. Oh. And he got hit in the face with a puck. Okay. And it, like, severely broke his nose. Oh, wow. Okay. Right, so... I also think Augie's not that good of a goalie and he might've stepped up to be the goalie, right? Cause he can't skate. Right. Cause yeah, obviously. So Rosenblatt might've been the old goalie or something, but he was definitely on the hockey team 
got really injured because they were like, let's win it for Rosenblatt. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah. So like when okay. we're going to beat the preps, we're going to kick their butt. And I remember somebody's like, do it for Rosenblatt. Oh man. I'm so glad he caught that. That's and great. Um, I think he can't talk when he's trying to in- introduce himself because his face is so messed up because okay. he has a full face guard on it. When you wear that, like you usually only wear a face guard when you're trying to play sports with a broken nose. Like you'll see it in basketball and, and right. sometimes in hockey and stuff like that. But I just... Also, like he gives Mitchell this look, which is kind of curious. It's like either like, "Hey, I think you're cool," or "Hey, I think you're cute," and I can't tell which one it is. Rosenblatt. Does? Rosenblatt gives. If you watch in the in the uh, the uh, class scene where they're introducing themselves, Rosenblatt looks back and gives Mitchell a look. Oh, yeah. So, and I like Rosenblatt's progression because he like has the full face mask, then he has like just a band aid, and then at the end he has like just a small band aid, and he's like totally healed up, and it's so. Funny. I didn't catch any of this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. But okay. yeah, Rosenblatt. Watch it. Yeah, Rose. See, there you go. Rosenblatt's yeah. another like cool like under character like who doesn't. I don't think he has one line. No, nah, he just he says anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Rosenblatt's great. Damn. Well, thank you for explaining that. Yes. You can see. <laughs> you like, oh, yeah, Rosenblatt. You know Rosenblatt? You're like, oh, you want to know about Rosenblatt? Okay, let me tell you. Rosenblatt. 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 <laughs> see, that would be a great name for like a hardcore band. Rosenblatt? Yeah. Like you call your hardcore band Rosenblatt and then it's all about like rollerblading, hockey, <laughs> and like the big hole where the sausage factory used to be. Like, <laughs> So it's not it's not Death or Eldona? I mean, that's the metal core band. Oh, okay. And I think that Rosenblatt should be like the straightforward hardcore band. And the little cutesy indie band can be Pepe the Shark. Yes. Yeah. Pepe. Pepe. Pepe the Shark. Pepe the Shark. Wiley, wake up, man. I just had this crazy dream. <laughs> so I'm surfing a wave, right? It's like a... <laughs> and there's this shark. He's coming right at me, man. You know what I'm doing right after this episode, dude? I'm going to get on eBay and look for some airborne merchandise, oh, man. Dude. I need an airborne hat it. or like an airborne shirt. Something. Something. There has yeah. to be something. Like some sort of like home video promo that they did or uh, it's probably like a hockey stick or something, but maybe some rollerblades. God, hopefully something's out there. Some shades, dude. Some shades. Ooh. Some, there has to be like a rollerblade brand airborne tie-in somewhere. Well, let's see if we can We're find gonna it. We're going to look it up. Hey, listeners, if you find something and you want to give us a Christmas gift or something, send it our know. way. We will send you some stickers. No, we'll send you some uh, some popcorn. We'll send you popcorn. VH uh, Snack and Secret Recipe. Some VH Captain Secret Crunch Berries and a Bean Burrito. Yeah, we'll send it all to you. So we're going to be <laughs> looking for it. But yeah, I mean, uh, if you've never seen this movie, there is a lot of nostalgia to it. But I also think this film holds up as any kind of like it's just a really good like sports action comedy agreed kind of thing. agreed yeah i mean i don't think there's just a super solid movie i think it has like a 6.8 on imdb dude which is really high surprisingly for, high for this kind of a movie yeah totally so i think it's much beloved and i think there's a lot of nostalgia t- attached to it but um you know would love to hear thoughts from anybody who hasn't seen it and people that have seen it yeah yeah, by the way, if you are listening to this episode, thanks for tuning in. We're having a lot of fun making these. Oh, my God, yeah. So I'm excited to do the next one, too, because we have a few on the table, and uh, we'll see which one pops up. Yeah, and uh, you can drop us an email at vhsnackin' at gmail.com. That's snackin' without a G. 
Yeah. VH snack. Give us a VH suggestion. Yeah. What you'd like to hear. Maybe some, uh, you know, thoughts or criticisms, or if we messed up something, you just let us know. But Or if we got something right, you know? Yeah. Sure. Hey. And any snacks that you think are VH snacks that you think are dope. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we want to, you know, turn up the snacks some more too. And I, I think we're, we're on the right track here. And uh, I think we're going to eat the rest of this and, you know, look up some airborne merch. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, are we confident with our next episode? Are we I doing mean, Angus? I really want to do Angus. Okay. I can just tell you now, I've seen that once. Probably in like 1997. I don't remember much, but I liked it then and mm-hmm. I haven't watched it since. I'm looking forward to it. Angus has influenced my life. Okay. So for sure. And I would love to do Angus next. So maybe on episode four, we'll be doing. I think I think it's settled. We're okay. going to do Angus. We'll stay tuned for Angus. And I. Uh, awesome. I, I think the snacks on you this time. So snacks are on me. That's right. We're going to kind of swap back and forth. So I'm on snack patrol. If you're a hardcore Angus fan, maybe send me an email. Give me an insider. Maybe there's like, hey, you should definitely make this because I'm going into it blindly. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see what you pull out of it because I love this movie. So, All right. All right. Looking forward to watching it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody.